0: Welcome back to CHGO White Sox. This is the post game show after 11 to 5 beating of the Los Angeles Angels. Welcome in. This is Studio A of the CHGO West Loop offices. My name is Herb Lawrence. I am usually sitting in the middle seat because I am the community leader here on CHGO White Sox. Sean Anderson, the regular host is sitting out today and he'll be back with us tomorrow you can follow me on twitter at eknerwall23 that to my left is vinnie duber he is the chgo white Sox beat writer follow him on twitter at vinnie duber and the show at chgo underscore white Sox. and before we get into all the good stuff that happened today let me remind you guys this month our next next month there is a chgo white Sox, chgo cubs Takeover, July twenty six, seven ten game, Cubs White Sox at Guaranteed Rate Field. Go to allchgo.com right now and sign up to w- to be there with us. You get a White Sox shirt with purchase of the ticket, and if you are a diehard member, you get a discounted uh, purchase of this ticket, and you get to sit up with us in the five twenty nine section, and then. In August, we return to the north side for the other game, August 16th, 7 05. Same thing, separate tickets, by the way. So buy your White Sox tickets now for the July 26th one, and then later buy your August 16th tickets for the game at Wrigley Field. Now that that was over, man oh man, if this isn't the most complete win. Victory of the White Sox season. I don't know which is Vinny. Today just felt like the White Sox. Everything was clicking, and they didn't do it over some bum. This Jaime Berea guy was killing before he uh, started versus the White Sox with a two fourteen ERA coming into this game. He almost raises ERA to over three today. How do you feel about the White Sox and what they did offensively? Who are these White Sox? First time in more than a month that they've scored
1: double-digit runs in a game. I believe uh, Chris Kamka from NBC Sports Chicago tweeted it out. A string of 23 straight games decided by four runs or fewer that the White Sox have played. Wow. Incredible. I mean, uh, on one hand, you got to hand it to them that they are never uh, too far out of a game. <laughs> but uh, on the other, the it just goes to show you that they have not had any comfortable wins, uh, really. Uh, to speak of this season. This is one of them and uh, uh, just a, a, a really good performance. Listen, we were talking not too long ago, I think it was less than a week ago, about a four-homer game that the White Sox had where they only scored five runs. <laughs> this is the kind of four-homer game that Pedro Grafol and the White Sox have been waiting for, one where they not only score five runs, but then six more to go along with it. Um, there were, uh, as, as one of our commenters said, there was runs that were manufactured. There were runs that were scored late, even after it really seemed like this one was over. You can't stop Zach Remillard no, you can't. Um, uh, from 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 grinding it out. <laughs> uh, but really, the home runs were, were the, the big blows early in the game. You expect him from Luis Robert Jr. at this point. Aloy Jimenez continues what's been a very nice couple of games here uh, in Orange County, just hitting the heck out of the ball. And he hit the ball out of the ballpark at one point, too. And then two from Sebi Zavala. This guy's got 13 home runs in his career, seven of them have come in three games, three <laughs> multi-homer games. And this was another one tonight, including the one that he, you know, used sorcery to, to keep fair at one point. So, um, listen, when Rick Hahn built this offense, it was nights like this that he was expecting. They have been f- far too few for the White Sox if they have, as they have, uh, you know, attempted to dig themselves out of that horrible April that they had. But this is, uh, this is by design.
0: Right here let's go back to that first inning we got a leadoff walk from andrew benintendi i don't even know how many times we've gotten that but it's very refreshing to see had a great at bat timmy gets out the next at bat and then some guy named luis robert jr comes up to the bat and like i said jaime baria's got a 214 era at that point and 440 feet 44 feet later we're rounding the bases a 2 nothing lead. That is just so good to see. And I, and I know Lucas had to love it. And eventually, subsequently, the next half inning, he gives it right back up to two of the great players of uh, Otani and Trout with their back to back triples. And I'll put those in quotes triples. Um, but Luis Robert Jr. is just the adjectives fail. I mean, we are talking last night about Otani and how great he is. We have a great player here in the White Sox system with Luis Robert Jr. It's good to see him putting it all together for his 23rd home run today.
1: Well, listen, I mean, people keep asking, oh, is there a way that Luis Robert Jr. can get into the MVP race? And we keep going, no, no, because Otani exists. But, you know, if it weren't for this guy who's going to go down as one of the uh, at least biggest game changers in baseball history, uh, if not one of the great players by the time it's all said and done, if it wasn't for that one guy, Luis Robert Jr. would be in the MVP mix. And he not only showed it tonight with the bat, which is obviously what has been cooking for him of late, but how about the near robbery that he made late in the game? Would have been absolutely ridiculous had he done it. And really, I think... maybe Gavin sheets might've prevented it from happening. And I don't want to put that on Gavin because he made it a a nice attempt at that ball as well. Um, you know, for, for give the guy some credit for, for getting over there and getting to the right spot. But had he been maybe a little slower, it would have been a potentially, um, you know, catch of the year candidate for Luis Robert jr. At the end of the day, it tips off the end of his glove and it goes as a home run. But, uh, Again, just another example of what we keep talking about uh, for, about this guy. From a defensive standpoint, what he can do, the ground he can cover, the athleticism that he has, uh, he can do it all. They called him a six-tool player coming up for a reason, and uh, it seems like he's really starting to show it. You wouldn't think that anybody could scratch Otani or t- come close to Otani in the MVP race, but boy, if it wasn't for him doing something that no one has ever done before, Robert might be uh, in that conversation here in late June.
0: Yeah, and on that attempt, uh, it was like, you see Luis way over the fence trying to catch the ball, and then you see Gavin making a valiant attempt, but his glove is barely over the fence. I'm like, those are two different players. That's uh, you; They're both outfielders in the White Sox and in MLB, but there's a difference Luis Robert is a pure, pure athlete. And Gavin Cheats is probably an athlete, but not Luis Robert. So it, it was uh, awesome to see him give that attempt. And almost, like you said, almost caught that. And I think, yeah, he didn't want to run into Gavin. So, hey, let that be a home run instead of being an injury for our man. And as we talked about, the first home run from Sebi Zavala crushed, absolutely crushed. And Sebi Zavala, and like you said, He's got, what, 13 home runs, 12 home runs? 13 in his career, yeah. And seven of those are comes in three separate games. A so three-home run game for his first three home runs of his career. Earlier this year, a two-home run game off of Clark Schmidt and the Yankees. And then today, where he hits the first home run, where it's crushed, and the second home run. We got a graphic to show you. This is from Codify. The track, if you're watching on YouTube, you could see the red line going down the – down the fair uh, the fair line, <laughs> and then curving at the last second, almost either on top of the f- fair pole or around it. But it's an it, S. But it, it makes an S. Yeah, but it lands into fair territory, and that's a home run. It was the expected batting average of point zero three zero. The expected batting average on that ball, it all met ma- It doesn't matter because it was hitting that ballpark, and it's a home run. Sebby Zavala just coming up big as a player that I've always uh, ragged on for his offensive skills or lack thereof. He co- he's coming up big today, and you know when he hits home runs, he's gonna hit another one. Four
1: ribbies tonight for Sebby too. You remember the uh, the late one, the late couple there in the ninth inning. Uh, both those runs scored off of a Sebby Zavala single. Much so. needed too.
0: Uh, I know it's only a six-run game, but um, bases were pretty jammed up at the end of the game with uh, Kendall Graveman. Yeah, Give him a little break. Give him a little breather. Who knows how it would
1: have played out uh, had, had Sebi not driven them in. But, uh, yeah, listen, this is a guy who's obviously getting a ton of chances, not just because of what he's able to do from a game-calling standpoint and working with the pitchers. In, in that regard, his playing time is very well-earned because he gets rave reviews from guys. And you see Lucas Giolito, for example, has been the best pitcher on the team this year and has – thrown to Sebi Zavala in all but one game uh, but Yasmani Grandal's health also continues to be um, you know a topic of conversation if not a, a an out and out problem but uh, it, it's it's allowing for Sebi to get more time behind the plate when he can do some damage with the bat as well it's probably looked at as as you know gravy as cherry on top of the Sunday and uh, he did it tonight and it was part of, and it was a big reason why the run total was as big as it
0: was. And then we go to Aloy Jimenez. At this point, he had a six at bat streak where he hit the ball 100 miles per hour or harder. And then he hits the home run in the third inning. Just absolutely demolishes a home run. Makes the score four to two. Aloy Jimenez seems like he is catching fire with a two for five game. uh, Drove drove in one, scored run, run there. If Eloy Jimenez is becoming that guy again, the guy who showed up in the second half, I hate to be that optimist, that guy that's like, you know, seeing this good game from the White Sox and then being Charlie Brown running down the fairway and th- hoping that Lucy's going to hold the goddamn football. This, and is a lot of, this is a lot, a lot
1: of sports metaphors in a row here. We've, it, got, we've got baseball, we've got golf, we've got football. football. What more do you got for me? Exactly.
0: <laughs> like, I feel like I don't want the football to be pulled out. Sorry, I'm spitting, uh, Pulled out from me again. But I am i don't know. Like, this is the enticing thing about the White Sox. You get the team that you expect to see today with all the hits they had 17 hits the first time as you said they scored 10 plus runs in over a month and so it's kind of encouraging to see all the players except for one Tim Anderson who was struggling mightily and I'll get to him in a second just put it all together and get the job done and I feel I feel like I don't want to be that guy but also I don't want to live my life in a in a bubble where I'm like Scared of what's the next shooter drop. So I'm going to be all in on Aloya. And if Aloya Jimenez is doing this and Luis Roberts is doing this, those two alone can carry an offense. Well, of course. And I think, you know, you can look at it one way or the other. You can
1: look at it glass half full, which is uh, the, the way you uh, just described there. Certainly the way that Rick Hahn and Pedro Griffol have presented it to us all, all season long and really all of last season as well, which is, hey, look at these guys. Look at what they can do. This is what's supposed to be happening. Uh, you know, a night like tonight was what was supposed to happen the vast majority of nights when this roster was constructed the way it was there's also that glass half empty way to look at it which is where has this been why has this taken so long why is this such a rarity um you know they could very well go back out there tomorrow afternoon in Anaheim and do the same thing that they've been doing for the whole entirety of the month of June and barely if they even do score four runs so it it, it really is a a, a There are two ways to look at it, and if you want to be an optimist and say, hey, that team right there, that lineup right there, that outcome that just happened tonight, 11 runs, four homers, 17 hits, this lineup is capable of doing that on any given night. And it's true that it is, but at the same time, we've watched three months of baseball and very rarely has has that lineup produced like that, which would lead you to believe this might not be the start of something big, but it could just be um, a mirage or a glimpse into, oh, what could have been. We'll have to wait and see how the remainder of uh, the season plays out to, to see whether that which
0: one it was. Yeah, and I think in like this team, like Zach Rimlard. I remember, what was it, the eighth inning? I'm just laughing my ass off, or the ninth, the ninth inning. Yeah. I'm just laughing my ass off because Zach Rimlard earlier in the game squared to bunt and didn't bunt or he fouled that ball off. Then later in the game, in the ninth inning, with a runner on first, he bunts again and it's successful and makes it over second, there.
1: Runner on second. Third oh, runner doubled, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so he makes it and then he steals second and then he scores the second run off of the single. But he had a. He was three- motoring too around uh, second base. Oh, man. Our guy Steve Ryan. Love it. He had a three for five game. He drove in another run with a double earlier in the game. Just, I know the people in this chat, people are watching, people are listening. The man's hitting almost 400. He gives a spark every once in a while. Is there a chance that Zach Rimilar gets more regular time over either Tim or Elvis Andres? I don't believe over
1: Tim. Um, and I don't believe over Elvis either. But that being said, neither of those two guys are having a very good season at all. Uh, I think it would be easier for them to say, all right, Elvis, we signed you to a one year deal. You can still be that amazing clubhouse presence who puts the home run jacket on everybody, even if you aren't starting quite as much as, you, as the ideal situation was going to have you start. Tim Anderson, though, and I've said it numerous times here over the last week, I'll, I'll keep saying it this guy is a guy that the White Sox built their team around. He is a guy who the White Sox still believe is one of the best and most important hitters on this team. He has the capability to do that. Everybody knows that. They saw him hit 300, however many years in a row, well over 300. And now he's going through something bad. But they, the White Sox don't believe that it's going to last, or they certainly hope that it isn't going to last throughout the remainder of the season. It's very easy to, uh, you know have the cold spreadsheet uh, you know uh, uh, way of thinking and saying, "Look at this guy's production to this point." Player X, get him out of here. What does it matter? It's different when you have to look at the entirety of everything. This isn't just math. This is potential. This is what this guy means to the team. The effect that Tim Anderson can have on this lineup should he get going is much greater than what Zach Remillard would have on it throughout the remainder of the season. That's just true. Tim Anderson is an all-star Major League Baseball player. Zach Remillard has been in the big leagues for, what, two weeks? Yeah. Um, So. You know, listen, nobody is uh, disagreeing with the fact that Tim Anderson is not doing it right now. And, and it's very obvious looking at him every single night playing that he is not the guy that he has been in years past. But he is such an important player. Piece of this puzzle for the White Sox that to strip him of playing time because of the slump that he's in, uh, it, it you don't see that happen uh, around baseball or in pro sports. This is this this is this team's you know number one or number two guy, and and you're not going to just see them cast him aside because of a lack of production here uh, over the over a few months stretch.
0: And as a process of results guy. Tim, yes, and Dave Risa points out 0 for 5 sticks out in the box score. Yes, 0 for 5, if you just look at that and say, man, Tim is sucking and he's struggling today. I saw a couple hard-hit balls today, uh, one that was 110 miles per hour, I think, right at Hunter Renfro in right field. But the thing that stuck out to me late in the game, and, you know, it's a minor thing, but it's a thing. Ball hit up the middle, it's two outs, and you have Kendall Graveman kind of struggling. Ball hit up the middle, it's kind of – towards center field, Rimmelard backhands the ball. Tim's not covering second base for the force out. That would have created the last out of the game. And so, you know, I don't know where his head's at in the ninth inning. That is a routine thing that a second baseman slash shortstop should always do. If his other partner in the middle infield is getting the ball, you should be going to second, especially if there's a force out right there. So I don't know where his head's at, but I saw some good things today. I saw some positive things. The ball hit by, I believe it was Luis Robert. Or a line down drive down this line where timmy runs and hustles into second base and breaks up the four the fielder's choice and then they subsequently throw over to the, first yeah, and don't tough. get Luis robert so he had some hustle plays he had some good plays today where i can see the old tim in there but there's way too much of the the struggling tim and i'm sure this struggle is weighing on top of him also like it's not just struggling it's extra struggling like he hasn't got a hit since he's been in the two spot but he's hit the ball hard today
1: well here's and this was Pedro speaking about the entire team speaking generally but when this offense wasn't doing anything in June and really outside of today it still hasn't done much of anything in June but the idea was guys are 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 just they're trying to do too much. You're trying to go up there and it's the mental part of it that you're going up and trying to hit a five run homer when you can't do it or a 10 run homer when you can't do it. Um that is on top of if if that is what Tim is dealing with if he's pressing, if he's saying, "All right, I've I'm O for my last 20 whatever. I got to hit, you know, an eight base hit right now to get out of it to snap out of it." That's on top of him probably not being physically where he's used to being, right? Whether that is still lingering from the knee injury from earlier in the season or the shoulder injury that he just dealt with that knocked him out for a few games in a row. He's, he's been affected physically, and he's not the way that he feels uh, when he's going right. Throw the mental in with the physical, mm-hmm. it probably makes it pretty hard to, to get up there and do what you're expected to be doing. Tim might be in the way of saying, hey, the stuff that I uh, worked on in the offseason, for example, you know, there was a, it was talk about driving the ball, talk about having a little bit more power. If his legs aren't under him right now all the way, that's hard to do. So he's got to go and redo everything that he did this offseason to try and have a new approach. Now on top of that, it's that that changing it up midway through to do what you're capable of doing. Go back to last year with what Jose Abreu went through. The guy who usually hits 30 home runs for this White Sox team was – you know, unable to do that from a power standpoint, and all of a sudden he's walking more than he ever walked in his career. So it, it, it's a, it, the greats can can do that; they can make those adjustments on the fly. Other other guys and
0: and even great ones take some time. And before his uh, last RBI, uh, which made Sebi Zavala the player of the game, I thought this player and Andrew Vaughn was the player of the game. He went three for four, drove in three, couple doubles. He looks great at the ball, uh, at the plate and. We got three, four, five, all crushing the ball today, all seeing the ball perfectly. Andrew Vaughn was supposed to be a big part of this offense. He does have the most RBIs still on the team, I believe. At Let's see now. He is at, let's see, 49 RBIs for him, uh, 45 for Luis Roberts. So he is having a decent year RBI-wise, but I think his average and his uh, slugging and such is down from where he and everybody would want him to be. But – This could be a catapult. As they say, the White Sox have been cold hitting and contagious. Good hitting can be contagious too. And so Andrew Vaughn getting into a nice uh, streak right here, especially going into Oakland after tomorrow's game, could be uh, good for
1: the White Sox too. Well, two extra base hits for him tonight. Those slugging numbers are going to go up. The home runs have been coming a lot more frequently for him over the last, what, week and a half, maybe something like that. Um, And here's a guy who I believe is already up to a dozen home runs on the season. He's going to have well more than he did last year when he led the team with 17. So, uh, as they just passed the halfway point, I believe yesterday was the was the 81st game of yes. the season. So this was number eight, uh, 82 tonight. But first,
0: second half, let's go. There you go. First
1: game of the first game of the. Uh, what would you call it, the official second half? Yes. Or, yeah, yeah, as opposed to the traditional second half. I like so. to
0: like when people do the you know the all star game as the half. I like to just okay, cool. When we got a hundred dollars, I'll take sixty, you take forty. <laughs> cool. That's how halves work. Now, but yes, I I think that Andrew Vaughn is key to this team success. As you said, Tim is probably the key to the team success. Just imagine. If he wasn't just like before he got hurt, I believe somebody tweeted this out. He was hitting almost three hundred before he got hurt. Off the first to a first nice time. start, yeah. And so whatever's been ailing him has really drained his power. And you said the the mental or the physical have, have all struggled. So eleven to five win by the White Sox is a good start. I hope everybody feels good about that, especially Tim. Even though he didn't get any hits, he was the only player on the starting lineup that didn't get any, but he did contribute to a victory. Well, and here's the thing too, you know. There's a new uh, leader
1: in the American League Central tonight. Oh, yeah. The Cleveland Guardians hopped over the Minnesota Twins. They are in first place. The White Sox are five and a half games out of first place. And you're talking about a lineup that is slowly getting guys to get going here, right? Luis Robert Jr. is obviously on fire. Aloy Jimenez is doing well of late. Andrew Vaughn doing better of late. You're saying, oh, man, just wait till if if T.A. could get there, what it would look like. And the thing is, they haven't run out of time to do it. Mm Mm-mm they probably should have. With oh, how, yeah. I mean, they're 12 games under 500 right now. They probably should have run out of time a long time ago. But everybody else in the AL Central have, uh, have has decided to keep them around and keep them hanging around with the exception of the Kansas City Royals. Hanging around, hanging around. So it is uh, very possible that should this offense wake up at some point here in the next month or so,
0: um, that that run that the White Sox have been looking for is, is still in them. After the break, we will talk about the nickname that the great Vinny Duber gave Lucas Giolito, LGLG, stepped up to the plate and got the job done today versus the angels. But Sunnyside is your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kinds of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. Sunnyside has everything you need to elevate your summer. One-stop shop for all your cannabis needs. No matter where you are on your cannabis journey, each online order, in-store pickup, great transportation loyalty program, Sunnyside Rewards. Illinois' favorite dispensary from cities to suburbs, Wrigleyville to River North, Champaign to South Beloit. Which Chicago athlete has made you feel good this week? My guy is Andrew Vaughn. He has made me feel really good because he, I think he's coming along. Sunny Side has a house of great brands. Mindy's, the best tasting gummy and chocolate edibles created by James Beard award-winning chef Mindy Siegel and Cresco Labs. Good News, which has the frye which I love. Gummies, rechargeable vape pen and Cart Perfect for great moments with the crew or Cresco. Reliable, excellent cannabis, consistent quality, experience and availability of flour, vapes, concentrates and pre-rolls. Through August... Head to sunnyside.shop and use code CHGO25 at checkout for 25% off of your total order. One use per customer. Not stackable with other promotions. That's not only for new customers. Anyone can use our code. Pick up everything you need to elevate your summer. Must be 21 plus or Illinois Med Card holder. Now let's tell you about Lewis University. Great folks down there in Romeoville. Saw that Max Struess might be signing a deal with the Indiana Pacers coming closer to home. Uh, he's a Lewis University guy. Students are just like you. Full-time jobs, families, full-time sports fandoms. Go back to school and earn your respected degree at Lewis University. 35 miles southeast or southwest of Chicago in Romeoville. Ranked as U.S. World, US News and World Report's top-tier colleges. Lewis partners with numerous employers for tuition discounts and offers evening online blended formats to help you balance work, family and education. Faculty bring real world life experience instruction into the classroom, which is immediately relevant to your career. We offer career support and academic resources for adult students looking to complete your bachelor or master's degree, enroll in professional certificate program. Lewis has a right program for you. Lewis offers several career focused programs that will set you up for for success. Whether you're going to a highlight, whether you're going to the Lewis program of computer science, aviation maintenance technology certificate, business analytics, criminal justice, business programs, or technical programs, Lewis has you covered. Discover how a degree from Lewis can help you build a better world. Learn more at lewisu.edu/slash you can do this. That's Lewis, the letter U dot edu slash u spelled out y-o-u can do this all right
1: very inf- very good uh you know making sure people understand how it's spelled
0: yes because yeah. people would spell fool you for both of those or <laughs> just the double or just the u letter if not or maybe
1: letter. you ewe like a female sheep <laughs>
0: What do you think about that? Uh, let's get to Lucas Giolito. I don't know why I'm so giggly today. That Zach Rumlar thing this is just, a good joke.
1: That's why. Just
0: killed me. <laughs> <laughs> just killed me, and then the, I've got the giggles ever since then. Um, Lucas Giolito. You liked the bun, Huh? You liked the bun. Oh, my God. I, I was like thinking in my head, he's not going to bunt. He's up five. Come on. What is he doing?
1: It was a four-run game, four oh, run five, game four right? Four-run
0: game, yeah. He <laughs> bunt it.
1: Yeah, I, I was fine with it. Drops, it down the, drops down the bunt for the base hit, then just takes off for second because he
0: knows they're not going to throw because there's a guy in third. base. I wonder base. if he got a stolen base he for did. that. He did. He, he did. He absolutely did. And sometimes they do just say, "Hey, that's a yeah." He did second stolen base of his of his career. That's because awesome. because
1: again they, they hold them on. Yeah, they, they knew that they weren't going to throw, so take the base and then man, just tearing around third base on that on that single to the outfield. I
0: think he dove into home on a slide. He did. He did. He's a hustle guy. Jer- Do not tell Zach Remillard that a game is over in the ninth inning. The jersey's always dirty. That that guy, it, man, if he ever gets playing time, he's gonna be one of those uh, those uh, legends. White Sox fans are gonna be clamoring for him all the time because he, what he's done in his brief MLB career, I'm telling you, it's been nice. It's been really good. And, if, uh, and the the movie they're gonna make with Sean laughed at me. They're gonna make a movie about a thirty year old rookie, Sean. They're definitely gonna make a movie, especially that did the first time ever to have the game tying hit in a game, and then the game winning hit in his MLB debut. So I think is that, that the movie though? Is there more to that's the, the movie? No, there's the not movie gonna,
1: is just that he has a good he gets a good good hit.
0: Yeah, he's like, oh, we won the we won the college World Series with a. Underdog Coastal Carolina, big time big Ooh, time championship. The Claire's Exactly. Out there in uh in South Carolina. I'm gonna
1: I'll go another tangent here because so when I was younger we went to Myrtle Beach for a family mm-hmm. vacations, awesome. I'm sure everyone in America does at, at one point. Mm-hmm. And we're in the uh we're in the, the a lids at the uh a, a local lids <laughs> shop. And I see the, the logo on the hat for Coastal Carolina. I'm like, that's a cool logo. That would be a nice hat to have. Mm-hmm. I go to buy it. The two guys working behind the counter were on the football team, mm-hmm. on the Coastal Carolina football team. And they said, and they go, you know, because I, I had heard that they were the Chanticleers kind of thing. And, I'm like, and they go, oh, do you know what our team name is? I say, yeah, the Chanticleers. And he goes, that's not what we call ourselves. call ourselves the ass-kicking chickens. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's what a Chanticleer is, the chicken? It's a kind of a rooster, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I yeah. never knew. Yeah. Look at you. You guys thought you were coming here for White Sox Talk. You get education. Now you know what a Chanticleer is. There's been numer- numerous facts about farm animals in the last uh, several minutes here, yes. so there you go. I've been there because uh, my fiancé's uh, father and... Uh, mother-in-law lived down there in uh, Myrtle Beach, and I guess that's in Conway, which is not too far away. Been to the ballpark in Myrtle Beach. The Pelicans saw the now the Cubs uh, single-day affiliate too, so good times down there. You should go down to Myrtle Beach and see Zach Rimmelard's hometown or his <laughs> uh, college town. Get to Lucas Giolito. Great start. You know, bookends of the first and the seventh inning, not his best as he gave up back-to-back triples to Shoei Itani and Mike Trout. And then gave up, I think, back-to-back home runs. Two and three batters. Yeah, so it was uh, Renfro and, I think, Ward that gave up home runs, too. But I think he came just short of a a quality start. I think Lucas Giolito stepped up to the challenge that was presented to him. The White Sox lost yesterday in bad fashion, you know. Show a tiny did show a tiny things and so the bad taste in the mouth was in the in the mouth last night. Lucas Giolito became the closer the stopper to stop this losing streak, and it was good to see the him just out there battling as a final line. Seven innings pitched, he gave up four earned runs, nine strikeouts with zero walks. Your uh, assessment of how Lucas Giolito did tonight?
1: The last two words you said there, zero walks. I mean nine k zero walks that goes to show you that despite the four runs on the board he was pretty dominant all night long obviously you're going to give up a run when or two when you give up back-to-back triples to uh two of the best players in baseball but some some help on those hits from the white Sox corner outfielders so maybe not necessarily a hundred percent on lucas um but certainly the home runs were late in the game in the seventh inning there so uh but really I throw the the whole idea that it's not a quote unquote quality start out the window. He was given a ton of run support, which is abnormal for these white Sox starting pitchers. And he went out there and he dealt, he didn't put anybody on base. He didn't get himself in trouble by walking guys. Like we saw with Michael Kopech last night, it was a very good performance, I think. And you know, you can um, quibble with the fact that it was a great one. If, if, if you don't like the fact that there's a four in the stat line under runs at the end of the day, but um for for a a starting pitcher to go out there, go seven innings, and not put anyone on base from a free pass. Didn't give up that many hits. Uh... He he did a very good job of uh, of preventing the Angels from coming back, which which they could have done. We mm-hmm. saw in the ninth inning them load the bases against Kendall Graveman. We saw uh, you know the ability for them to dig into that run total pretty easily. Lucas Giolito didn't let him do it, and uh, he he pitched a very good game tonight. And really, we've gotten back to the point now where that's what we should expect every time Lucas Giolito goes out. Uh, he was he was that guy in 2019. He was that guy in 2020 and he had a very nice second half in 2021 where he had some of these large games against really good teams. I remember outings against the Astros, against the Rays, against the Brewers that were really good. Those, Those were good teams that year. And and now here you go. He's, he's going out there and doing that again, but it doesn't matter who he's facing this time. He's doing it every time out. This is the closest he's looked to the nineteen twenty version of himself since that playoff game in Oakland, and uh, it, it, it is uh, a really good thing for the White Sox because he's leading this staff, a staff that's been consistently pretty good. It's a very good thing for him if he's looking to uh, get a nice contract this winter.
0: And his uh, call strikes plus whiff percentage today on his four seam fastball was 33%, 33% for his slider, but 42% on his nasty changeup today. It was just filthy working it so perfectly. And yeah, you can bump, bump that up, Sarah, his third inning performance against Shoei Itani. You've guys heard of Shoei Itani before. We've brought him up every once in a while. Um, as my guy, Chris Tannehill, used likes to say, he made sweet love to Shohei Itani in the third inning and then in the sixth inning. But, like, he challenged Shohei Itani as after getting given up the triple to him in the first inning. It's good to see him bounce back and say, you know what, Shohei, I know who you are. I, I feel you, brother. But you're going to take this L twice. I'm going to strike you out twice, and you're going to look real dumb. And that third-inning strikeout, Lucas made him look like a little leaguer with a, a filthy changeup and a slider at his knees. And it's just good to see him, like, say, you got me. Cool, you got me in the first inning, but I'm not backing down from you. You saw last night where there was a five-pitch walk by Michael Kopech to Shohei Itani. And it was just non-competitive. I was like, why why don't you just do four? Why don't you just walk him if you're going to walk him? No such thing for Lucas Giolito. That's the confidence that Michael Kopech needs to borrow from and say, hey, if you hit me one time, I'll tip the cap. But the next time we're battling, I'm going to win the game. And Lucas Giolito shows that grit, that toughness. This is why I want Lucas Giolito to be re-signed by the White Sox and trading him does not preclude him from being re-signed by the White Sox because he'll be open and available to all 30 teams once this season ends. So if the White Sox can find a way and look at Lucas Giolito and say, besides the 2022 stats, this man's been pretty rock solid for us. And, you know, where he's the worst pitcher in baseball in 2018, the, the attitude, the leadership, and how he commands himself on the mound, I think that goes a long way with all the teammates, not just the pitching staff.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's certainly a, a guy who you can look to and say that's the way you should conduct yourself, uh, and, and he's a guy who's having success right now, which, you know, if, you, if you're if you talking about what do guys who aren't pitchers think about that right now, not a lot of them have had very much success this year. So mm-hmm. if you are looking for that contagious thing, that's something to rally around, something to build off of, Lucas Giolito has provided it, and really the entire pitching staff in general has too, but... Um, Yeah, we'll see what happens. It it would certainly seem that, you know, given that his contract is expiring, he would be a candidate to be one of the guys that would be moved if the White Sox decide that this is not the year that they're going to be able to make a run in the postseason, but... Maybe there are some extenuating circumstances, a guy that you would like to have around, uh, you know, maybe you don't do what I just said, what I talked about earlier, the whole cold spreadsheet way of looking at things. And maybe you say this is a guy who has spoken out about how loyal he is to our our organization. Mm -hmm. Maybe we show some loyalty to him, too. So um, there there are those other things that you got to think about. Not very often do they come into play in this uh, business of baseball, but uh, it'll be very interesting to see what happens because I I keep going back to what Rick Hahn said, and so far we have not seen a White Sox team that looks able to make a deep run in October, even if they do look able to win the American League Central.
0: I hear you on that. Knowing Lucas Lucas, like you do I don't know if, you know how personal your relationship is But how do you think he will react To the press after this game Giving up four runs Do you think he's like Hey man, a win is a win Or be like, hey, I gotta perform better Because I know that one time Where he gave up only like three runs He's like, I shouldn't give up three runs And they still lost Because the offense didn't help him out Does he like say, hey offense Thank you for helping me out today I had it, but also I lost in the seventh Thank you for hooking me up Or he's he like, man, I gotta be better than this
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the outcome of the game dictates the way these guys feel after the game and and their uh, immediate reflection on what they did. A few days down the road, Mm -hmm. maybe a game in where he only gives up the the three runs and the defense cost him a couple of them, (laughs) uh, but they lose. Maybe he looks back and said, well, wow, I was actually pretty good that game. Let's try to replicate that the next time out. Whereas tonight, he might have talked to the press and gone, man, great job by the offense. They, they, They hit the ball. They gave me a ton of runs. And you know what? couple bad pitches that were hit out of the ballpark, but I felt like I did pretty good. I'm glad I didn't walk anybody. But then a couple days down the road, he goes, all right, what are we going to do to make sure that those balls don't go out of the ballpark next time? So um, I think uh, if you're talking about in the moment, pitchers are always going to react to the the, the the final score mm-hmm. rather than they are necessarily how they fared uh, in terms of their mood, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you might get out there and, they, and, and, and you go, well, what was it? Wasn't that that game that Lance Lynn had a no-hitter yeah. into the sixth, gave up four runs, and they, lo- and they lost? Uh, you know, it might have been a situation where he was like, oh, well, you know, I'm furious because we lost the game. But, hey, Lance, remember when you threw six no-hit innings? That was pretty good, but he's not going to worry about that for a while. So, um, yeah, in the immediate, it's definitely um, uh, about the final score. Tomorrow, two days, three days from now, when they're, when they're doing their in-between start tweaks, their work with Ethan Katz, there's going to be a lot of, hey, that was good, this part wasn't so good, let's pick it apart
0: and, and look at it with a little bit more of a, a neutral uh, uh, attitude. And after the break, we will talk about tomorrow's matchup, which you just named the guy who's going to be pitching for the White Sox, Lance Lynn, and we'll look at the Angels starter in a second. But we'll hear from our folks at Shady Rays. Let's get this thing out of my f- face. Let's see. Off the screen. It's not going off the screen. Oh. Uh-oh. I hate this when this happens. What ha- What is happening? Uh, the screen, just there was something popped up on my laptop, and I couldn't read The Shady Rays read, now I have it off. Oh, thank goodness. (laughs) Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades for an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair that we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection Uh, Insane protection of all eyewear Every pair of sunglasses is backed by the lost and broken replacements I was telling Sean this You break, you lose your replacements They'll give you a free replacement No questions asked I was like, Sean, just call him up Because he, he left him in Iowa He did leave him, I thought he left him in Iowa then he was here cleaning his glasses off and then dropped them. They stayed solid. I was like, man, even if they would have broke Sean, call him up. No questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much needed support to nonprofit partners across the United States through Shady Rays Impact. From building play sets for pediatric cancer patients to providing adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime, Shady Rays is making an impact in the community that they serve others like others like it now and for years to come. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair, return them free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Shady Rays' independent sale is on right now. Go to ShadyRays.com and get up to 50% off a single pair of sunglasses. Try it for yourself for free. The Shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Now the next read is our friends at Pins and Aces. is the official golf apparel partner of all city and CHGO. Do you wear Pins and Aces, Sarah, like our guy Stephen, who is now in Nashville, does? i actually don't play golf at all so i have i don't You're gonna, you you are gonna wear them in august when we have our uh golf outing aren't you well i'll tell you what i love is the, the it's right behind you um it's the what are they the what are they called the club covers i don't know i don't yeah yeah
1: i love those and they have one in like a it's the joker's face that i thought was so cool when they brought it in and and then that one too i think i think it's really cool Oh. I, I just don't play golf.
0: Yeah, we love our pins and aces. I mean, some of us don't play golf at all. I don't think Vinny plays golf either. I will though I don't. in a couple oh. months. But here's oh. the thing yeah. Pins and Aces you do you know, it's not like they like
1: check you at the golf course and or you know, when pins and aces sends you the sends you your stuff, it doesn't say must wear while playing golf. No.
0: You can, you can wear, wear that out and about. I mean, I got a polo from them. You can it's a, actually the best polo I earned. And do you do, and you don't play polo? No, no. I have not played polo. Neither you don't climb up on a horse? Neither Marco Polo or regular polo. Climb
1: up on a horse, swing that mallet.
0: That game never made sense to me. It's weird. (laughs) It's just like croquet on a horse. Well no, it's like
1: it's more like field hockey on a horse, horse, I think. It's just Croquet is like stationary. Yeah. but It's, it's, like, that, it's
0: like golf with the you putting. You the mallet and the ball, and you keep on going. Yeah, but the horse is, is cooking. <laughs> and you can fall off that horse. You could. Be we, careful. We love our pins and aces gear and get tons of compliments on and off the course, as Vinny said. On and off the polo field. Yeah. They're a family-owned golf and apparel business. They make amazing polos, hats, golf bags, and even our favorite, the beer sleeve, an innovative product that allows you to store seven beers right inside your golf bag and keep the drinks cold the entire round. They're there you go, Sarah. Seven beers. And you can keep them cold. Well,
1: that I would 100% be using yeah. for Your more than just golf. Yeah,
0: you can, yeah, exactly. You could
1: bring it to many events. Fourth of July is coming up.
0: Yeah, perfect you just walk down the street easy you want
1: peasy you sling it over your shoulder you
0: want your beer to be cold get that beer sleeve check out pinsandaces.com and use code c h g o to receive 15 percent off your first order and get free shipping that's pinsandaces.com and spell out and p i n s a n d a c e s.com now Let's go to tomorrow's... I don't
1: think you can have an ampersand in a uh, URL. No? I think that screws everything up. I'm an old man. That's
0: why I spelled it all out. <laughs> no, like, it's useful, definitely. dot. <laughs> you H- forgot the HTTP. HTTP, yes. HTTP colon backslash backslash. Yes. The White Sox tomorrow will be facing Patrick Sandwal. He'll be on the bump for the Angels while... The White Sox counter with Lance Lynn. Uh, Lance Lynn is just, you know, having a tough season, but he's been pitching much better as of late. Anything you're expecting from the from the big bastard going on the bump in Anaheim in the afternoon? I mean, listen, this
1: is is the, it's going to be on the hunt for is this the the turnaround what was two day or two starts ago that 16 strikeout game in Seattle was that the the beginning of the turnaround for Lance Lynn because we saw a turnaround happen last year mm-hmm. when he missed the first two months he comes back and the first two months he's back were not what you would expect from Lance Lynn and then the last two months of the season were what you would expect from Lance Lynn he was just as good if not better than Dylan Cease in September I believe so a Guy that has done that before, who has figured things out and straightened out before, is this what's going to happen this year? Is he going to have a bad two and a half months, and then it's just going to line up? It's going to click for him. This is a veteran. It's always a possibility that they can go, you know what? I've done this before. I've been a dominant pitcher in this league before. If the body allows, do it again. And and it's uh, certainly the last couple of times out. He's been good. Uh, The offense needs to help him out, you know, because he could go out there, strike out 12 guys, give up three runs, and they only score one, and it's a loss. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with Lance, if this is going to be the beginning of some consistency. Or is, if, is
0: that inconsistent uh, track that he's been on really all year long going to continue? This is the thing with the White Sox, too, where you expect them to lose. Today, I expect them 100% to lose. I'm a Maria, like I said, had a 214 ERA. What's been pitching all well the whole year. Slider's been filthy. Reed Detmers, a four ERA, the guy who pitched the first game versus the White Sox. You were thinking, okay, the White Sox are going to get off on him because they usually hit lefties pretty decently, and he's got a four ERA. He hasn't been pitching well as of late. But, of course, the White Sox don't get the job done. And Shoei Itani's a different thing. So, you know, we don't need to discuss him. But Patrick Sandoval has been struggling the month of June with a 620 ERA. His last start, not that bad. But he did give up 10 hits and three earned runs. He only struck out three and walked one. So, there's an opportunity for the White Sox to attack this guy. He's a lefty, of course, and a young lefty. He's got, on the season, a 416 ERA. I think that's exactly what Reed Detmers had coming into the game on Monday night. So, it's an afternoon game. If the conditions are as they were today, where the ball was just jumping off of people's bats, look out. The White Sox could score a bunch of runs tomorrow and salvage a sweet or salvage a, uh, a split in the series versus these Anaheim Angels because after those first two games, it looked really bleak. And you earlier said that we had a new leader in the AL Central and now it's the Cleveland Guardians. White Sox only five and a half games out. They win tomorrow. Guardians lose. You go to Oakland for three games maybe you're in the house because the Oakland A's just got perfect game by Domingo Herman. Yeah, my favorite stat of the night, yeah. and
1: I've said a bunch of, you know, White Sox related stats from earlier. My favorite stat of the night was that this was the first perfect game thrown against the currently Oakland Athletics, uh, that franchise, since 1904 <laughs> when no other than Cy Young himself threw that, uh, threw that perfect game, uh yeah, I don't think you can top that in terms no. of a stat. But uh, yeah, you're not wrong. If they if the White Sox win tomorrow, they got three very winnable games ahead of them this weekend. Because as bad as the White Sox have been this year, nobody's been quite as bad as the Oakland days. Uh, they could very well go into the Coliseum and, and sweep. Though that's something that the White Sox have. It's a place that the White Sox have not been able to do much winning over the years, is it? But um, yeah, you're right. And and hey. Look, looking at a situation where they're back within four games three games by the end of the by the end of the weekend uh we could be having a very interesting conversation come sunday but obviously it all starts with tomorrow
0: yeah so join us tomorrow sean anderson will be back in his regular seat over there i'll be sitting here and then Vinny will be over there again we'll join you after the game uh probably like five thirty, maybe six if the white Sox score a bunch of runs like they did today so for sarah victor who's been our producer today Vinny Duber at Vinny Duber on the Twitter machines myself I'm ecknerwall Wall 23 my name is Herb Lawrence you've been watching so you know my name is already and the show is at CHGO underscore White Sox very victorious, very great win. It was the biggest news of the night. Not that no-hitter, not that perfect game, not the Connor Bedard stuff. Mm. The White Sox mm. first win versus the Anaheim slash Los Angeles Angels in Anaheim. This was the biggest news of the night. So join us tomorrow. Yes, and I agree, Melissa. That guy, uh, Domingo Herman, is... Domestic abuser. He has domestic abuse in his past. So uh, we're not going to bring this up once I
1: put the goofy hat on.
0: I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, Yeah. He, you know, so we're not going to celebrate that too tough. And it's versus the A's, so it doesn't count. Not watch the White Sox doing on Saturday or Sunday this man right here that's talking to you is going going wild but join us tomorrow when we finally finally get the sweep versus the Anaheim Angels and our guy Lance Lynn goes to the bump and does the job so for Sarah for Vinny my name is Herb Lawrence thank you for joining us on Chicago CHGO White Sox Peace